everyone, Courtney here. Just in time for Halloween, are you ready to learn more about the monster in the abyss? The first part of overcoming that monster is putting a name to it. Are you ready to find out? Let's cut the excuses and dive right in. This gets deep, fast, but don't worry. I'll have a rope connected to you while we are spelunking. Are you ready to get philosophical? Welcome to episode number eight. Let's get into it. We're inventing passion and hard work intersect. Intersect. Welcome to the Serial Inventing Podcast, bite-sized, perspective-altering episodes on Serial Inventing and beyond. From motivating key tips on product licensing to obstacle-busting conversations on transitioning to a full-time serial product developer, buckle your seatbelt because you're in for a ride. Warning, this podcast may motivate you to make wild decisions that will propel you forward in your inventing career and hijack more of your time for your passion. If you aren't ready to make it happen, then this podcast isn't for you. There are two very common mistakes, or shall I say, excuses to stop something that feels hard, that inventors make to halt progress and try to go around an obstacle instead of through it. After all, going around a barrier is much easier than putting in the hours doing the hard drilling, pounding, and breaking that is needed to go completely through an obstacle. And sadly, it is far too common in both beginners and serial inventors, so it's about time we looked straight into that abyss and gave it a name. But first, let's talk about what these two excuses are. Number one. Working on many products at once when learning the process. This mistake is more common towards new inventors. When you have many ideas, it's hard not to get excited that soon enough, you could be pitching all of your ideas. You'll want to close that gap of time as fast as you can to get to the good part, not realizing how important that gap you are trying to close really is. At EventRight, we highly recommend you start with one product idea to work on and learn the 10 steps with. By doing so, you have a chance to be able to see the product fully through without other external product idea new shiny object syndrome distractions. It will be the quickest way to one, get the product to market, and two, learn the process. Think of this like learning how to create a custom bike for the first time to be able to get the best ride. If you bought five different sets of bike parts and wanted to learn about the different braking systems on each one, then move on to the next part to learn about, and the next after that, for each bike, by the time you learned about every single part, you may not even be interested in making it now, let alone finally riding one. It's all theory. And even if you do get to making them all at once, as we don't recommend putting all of the structure together first, or the market research in licensing, then piece by piece, it will be years until you actually ride one. Again, 
who's to say you didn't do all of this for nothing by losing interest in it in the middle of production? Many inventors want to work on many products at a time, doing the market research for five ideas, then the prototype for all five, then five sell sheets, and so on and so forth. Each product has its own developmental journey. Some products need more brainstorming or learning the industry it is in to create a good sell sheet. Some products only need a virtual prototype instead of a physical one. Each is on their own path, just like how kids each have their own developmental journey. If you finish a sell sheet quickly on one of your products, all the while waiting three months for a longer one to be created on another product, you are holding your first product back. If you had three kids, and they were 10 years old, 12, and 16, would you wait until your 10-year-old was 16, six years later, so you can teach all of your kids at the same time how to drive? Your 16-year-old would then be 22 and not know how to drive. A lot of our licensing problems we have are so easy to understand when we connect them to metaphors like this. Of course we wouldn't do that. So why do we do it to our own products? It's an excuse. Sometimes we feel that we need to compartmentalize each step, understand it, study it, go through it a few times before we can move on to the next. But if you are looking to create licensing success as quick as possible, this will stunt both your growth as a product developer and each of your product success. Mastery takes time. By working on a lot of products at once, you are just delaying the time it will take for you to be successful because you are constantly theorizing how to create the best sell sheet by taking each of your products through it at the same time. A lot of unnecessary work is done. You can't create the best sell sheet, in theory, without getting industry feedback when you are pitching, in practice. You have to ship products to create mastery, because mastery comes in trial and error based on the only thing that matters at the end of the day, getting your product in front of potential licensees and hearing their thoughts. Saying that you will pitch all of your products all at once because it is easier is a mistake. If you wanted to start working out, would you choose to join CrossFit, hot yoga, and jiu-jitsu all at once for five days a week? It would take you out of commission for weeks if you did that, just trying to recover from that one week. You aren't used to it. In fact, it may make you hate working out, or in this case, hate pitching, which is the only thing that will bring you success. This one mistake will immediately make you a non-starter. Sadly, those who have many products they're working on use this, shall I say, tactic subconsciously as an avoidance method to not have to deal with pitching. I can't pitch product A yet because product B and C I'm still making the sell sheet for. And by the way, I have product D I want to work on in the market research step now. It will never end. You will never get to pitching and you will never be successful until you change your tune. You need to fail fast. And by slowing your progress on each one, you are getting to that failing part way later. In fact, 
If you aren't pitching, you haven't even started. Now, once you have started pitching, it is better to now work on other projects, maybe even one at each step going through the process. Now you have the next shiny object, i.e. your next product to look forward to working on after you have accomplished your pitching goal for the day. The next project or projects will motivate you to get your pitching done faster. It's something to look forward to. This is great to do as long as one, you do put pitching first, always, before working on anything else, and two, keep each product's journey separate so you aren't waiting for another product's journey to be at the same spot. It will only delay your product's success. And the number two mistake is more often true for serial inventors than beginners, and that is stopping your product's journey too early without industry knowledge of it making sense to stop. Now, if you truly lose passion for a product, and though you were once excited about it and took it through all of the steps and got it to pitching, all for one month into pitching, you lose interest, well, then maybe you should rethink why you spent all of that time working on it and why you now have lost the passion to pitch it. I would introspect and dissect that reason for a loss of passion. But when that does truly happen, that is okay. You can absolutely shelve the product. But if this starts to become a cycle, I would venture to say that there is some obstacle you are running into that is making you lose passion that you are choosing to not deal with. In fact, success is usually right around the corner from your giving up. In other words, right when you feel like giving up is when success is most near. But that's what's so cool about this industry. If you stay in here long enough, you will get a deal on one of your products. It's just that success often takes far too long than you want to wait for and weeds out people who aren't seriously committed to their success. If you do lose passion, it's okay to stop that product if your heart's not in it. That's completely acceptable to do in our industry. If you aren't excited about it, how can a company be? It's time to shelve it then. Now, what I am more concerned about is when you are tired of pitching the concept and you start to have self-doubt and think it's just not a good idea anymore. Now, keep in mind that we often come to this conclusion without anything saying that this is true. When I ask my students at InventRight why they want to give up on a particular product, it's most often not that they lack passion in the product they just spent three months developing, nor based on feedback a company gave them about the concept, but it's the lack of movement they are tired of, and their brain starts to make assumptions about the product. It's not new knowledge we learned about that would make the product clearly inferior to the competition and not worth pitching, nor even a new design that they came up with that makes it better. It's a feeling of being still that makes them uncomfortable. And with everyone constantly over-busying themselves these days, we seem to be afraid of stillness and silence. And so when one of our products is not getting much traction and feels still, I think we get nervous and scared of that newfound stillness 
and want to stop that uncomfortable feeling. After all, to quote famous philosopher Nietzsche, battle not with monsters, lest ye become a monster. And if you gaze into the abyss, the abyss gazes also into you. Now, there are many ways to interpret this quote, but what is most pertinent to us in this moment is the following notion. We are afraid of success. Because getting to the point of success most often means facing our shadow of our own self. Understanding why we are uncomfortable in stillness and why we would rather make excuses than be successful. Because facing ourselves is hard and sometimes painful. And sitting in stillness is the first thing you need to do to get to your shadow. Pitching a product and not seeing much movement could mean many things. But to figure out what it exactly means, you need to trust the process and the product's journey, often blindly, to get your answer. But many people don't want to stick around long enough to get there. If people knew right off the bat that they had to face themselves to be successful in licensing, understand why they have certain excuses that come up between their success and cut away every single obstacle in between them. I don't think people would try to license at all. It takes a lot of gut, strength, and courage to look your excuses in the face. It's far easier to work on another product that you are excited about, even though pitching is the only way you can see if your product makes sense. Don't hold yourself back. That's not your job. You already went through the process with this product. If you took the product through the steps properly, then that product has every right to be there. Because it got here. Because it passed each step. Why are you choosing to hold it back when it made it here? Let the industry dictate its success. Carl Jung, a turn-of-the-century psychologist and protégé of Freud, dedicated a big part of his life to developing the concept of dealing with your shadow, nowadays called shadow work, where you confront those aspects about yourself that you don't want to face. The shadow is the blind spot of the psyche. If you become aware of your hidden feelings that dwell deep in your psyche, you might have a chance at stopping the very barriers that keep you from your goals. It's easy for the shadow to overwhelm someone's actions, as Jung believed, especially if you are dealing with big emotions like confusion or being paralyzed by indecision. In part one of volume nine of The Collected Works, a book series by Carl Jung, he goes to state this. A man who is possessed by his shadow is always standing in his own light and falling into his own traps, living below his own level. You need to make conscious that which is unconscious, or else the unconscious will destroy you. And in the story of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, it has to be Jekyll, the revered English doctor, that must become and integrate his shadow the dangerous hide, and not the other way around. At the end of the Gothic novella, 
Hyde takes over Jekyll and kills them both. The Shadow won. If you don't consider tackling your shadow, the conscious, who you are, can become the slave of the shadow with a mind of its own, and you'll never know why you aren't successful. Here is how the shadow relates to us. Many people hate doing market research and try to find every way not to do it. Doing market research is not hard. It doesn't take a lot of time, and once you know how to do it, there are very few areas that are unknowns. It's finding your product out there that is painful, because that immediately affects your thoughts of its chances of success, making you believe your dreams are crushed, making you believe you can't come up with a good idea. It hurts your ego. Now, finding your product out there already on the market shows proof of demand and is a really good thing. Yet it can take years for us to fully understand and embrace that notion, no matter how many times it is spoken to us. Many people don't enjoy pitching. It's most often not hard once you know many tactics to find companies and have scripts to use. But it does take a lot of time and a lot of blind trust that you are in a long tunnel that does have a light at the end of it, hoping that it's not a train coming through. Now that's hard. Not knowing. Blind trust in the process until it works. The word monster and the word monitor share a common source. Monitor meaning omen or guard. When you are tired of not getting anywhere with a product, whether you aren't pitching or companies aren't responding, you need to travel into the abyss and let your guard down. Only then will you find your answer to your lack of success. It seems like more people would prefer to jump ship and not choose to get a licensing deal than to look into the abyss. But now that you know that inside the abyss is filled with the reasons why we make those excuses that halt our success, you now have a chance to seek the answer. For those brave enough, congrats. You are choosing to have a shot at success, even if it makes you uncomfortable along the way. You now know there is one large thing that is stopping you from succeeding. And that is, who is the monster in the abyss? When you stare into the abyss, don't be surprised that it's you who you see. Thanks for tuning in and taking a few bites with me today. And remember, serial inventors don't make excuses. They don't. They make it happen. See you soon.